Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. Today you will hear Dr. Jeremy McCory's teaching from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 25 through 40. In this message, Pastor Jeremy provides proof that Jesus is enough. As you listen, consider this. When Christ is at the center, everything filters through him, and it's better. We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting at verse 25. Now, the, the mainstay in our lives, the mainstay that we celebrated through baptism this morning is that we have Christ at the center of our lives. Christ at the center. He's the filter to which we go through. He's what cleanses us, guides and directs us, motivates us, gives us the passion and the ability to change when we don't have the propensity to do it on our own. He's at the center of our lives. If you believe that Christ has impacted your life in some way, shape, facet this morning, just raise your hand. Christ will impact our lives. But what do we have to do? We have to invite him in, right? We have to make him the center of our focus. We have to make him priority number one in our lives. We have to say that it's not about me, it's about God in my life. Amen? So we've got to change our priorities. We've got to look to him, and we've got to be directed by him. Now, in 1 Corinthians 7, we begin to see there are some things that we have to change, not only in our mindset but also in our conduct. Not only in our conduct, but understanding the freedom that we have and keeping our eyes on Him. Many of you would agree that when we take our eyes off what's most important, that's usually when things go asunder, don't they? Usually when things go not so well for us and things go kind of the wrong way it's usually when we've departed from god's will and started doing our own thing or maybe we haven't consulted him or like some people do they pray in retrospect they pray you know kind of after the fact they're like okay i've done what i wanted to do uh-oh you know now it's time to pray we need to go to god first we need to go in god first we need to allow god to govern and god and direct us first because everything that comes after that will be affected by that. When we look at Christ at the center of our lives, he impacts us in ways that we are still finding out. First and foremost, he impacts us when he calls us to be a child of God and we respond faithfully in him. So understanding this, verse 25 of chapter 7 says this, as, as it talks about conduct. Verse 25, Now concerning virgins, I have no command of the Lord, but I give an opinion as one who, by the mercy of the Lord, is trustworthy. And I think that this is good in view of present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. So it matters how we conduct ourselves. It matters how we seek after the Lord. But it matters how we come before him because we have to come before the Lord blameless, right? We have to come before the Lord 
righteous and pure in the sense of our salvation. And what God sees when he sees us, when we come to him as we should, he sees Jesus, doesn't he? Because Jesus and his sacrifice covered our sin, didn't he? He covered our sin, what we could not do on, it, on our own. And he continues to work in our lives for us to trust him and to change the way that we live. I, I really think that if you encounter Christ in a real way, you can't keep on the same path that you're on, can you? If you come across him and he saves you, it changes the very direction of your life. The person that you were is no longer the person that you are. So you live differently. You conduct yourself differently. And you live in a manner worthy of him. Verse 27 says, Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be released. Are you released from a wife? Do not seek to be a wife. But if you marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Yet we'll have trouble in this life, and I'm trying to spare you. So in, in talking about this, this is it's sort of the conclusion of what we've talked about marriage here in the past few weeks. And we've talked about how we ought to live within that relationship. Uh, in order to keep ourselves in a matter worthy of the, the gospel here. And so, continuing in on that, as Christ is the center, secondly, we want, we want you to understand this morning, and I, and I hope that you do, that Jesus is more than enough. How many of you understand that Jesus is enough? Now, now understand what I'm saying. We don't need anything else. We don't need anyone else. We don't need any other self-helps or, or any kind of additions. We don't need any kind of like this is what is, you know. No, we don't need those things. All we need is Jesus. One artist said it like this. He said, just give me Jesus, right? All we need is Christ in our lives. And at the center of our lives, we understand that Jesus is enough. And we live in a world that is very much built for people who are searching, who are looking, who are trying to find fast fixes to an eternal problem. And a fast fix will never fix the God-shaped hole inside of us, will it? A fast fix in this world doesn't last. Only he is eternal and Jesus is enough. Verse 29 says, but, I, but this I say, brethren, the time has been shortened so that from now on those who are wives should be as those who had none, and those who weep as those who did not weep, and those who rejoice as they did not rejoice, and those who do who buy as those who did not possess. So verse 31, it says, and those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it, for the form of this world is passing away. This world is moving fast. And I feel like the older I get, the faster it moves. When you're young in life, you see the life, everything's ahead of you, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? Is the question they ask. They never ask somebody that when they get my age, right? What do you want? Well, they, uh, you, some of y'all are saying, well, you don't know so-and-so. He's still in my house. I'm trying to get him to leave. But that's a different conversation and a different sermon. But 
but we say usually to a young person, what are you working towards? What are you trying to be when you grow up? Let's help you get the tools that you need to be able to do what God's trying to do in you. What we ought to understand is that God is enough that time is short and quickly passing away. And we have to keep our eyes on him. Our eyes on him to keep us in a world centered around him. Thirdly, we look at Christ at the center of our life, and we must live in Christ's freedom. When Christ has set us free, we are free indeed. Amen? There's nothing that parallels the freedom of Christ in this world. There are folks that will travel and spend every money they have in the bank to go all over the world to seek out healing of some sort. Whether it's physical healing, whether it's emotional healing, whether it's a spiritual type healing, they will not find the healing that they are looking for. They can drain the bank account to try to find the healing that only Christ brings. Christ, when we are free in Christ, we are free indeed. And he is the only way to true salvation. And salvation might mean like this. Physically, we might deal with things in this life. Emotionally, we might deal with things in this life. But spiritually, our soul is secure in him. Life, life is going to have hardships. Sorrow, setbacks, we're going to mess up, fall short of that glory of God. But it's the loving Father that we come to seeking that forgiveness each and every time. Our soul remains with Him. In other words, we can't lose that freedom that we have in Christ. As it talks about those in the marriage relationship, it says in verse 32, it says, But I want you to be free from concern. One who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And his interests are divided. The woman who is unmarried and the virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy in body and spirit. But the one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Now we look at these these differentiations, it talks about a, a man worried about his wife. It talks about the difference of someone who is unmarried, someone who is a virgin, and their focus being squarely on the Lord and pleasing the Lord. If you look at both of those instances, which is the right approach that we ought to take today? We ought to be looking to the Lord, right? We ought to be looking to the Lord because the Lord, when he is at the center of our lives, then it informs the way that we love our spouse. Amen? When we love the Lord with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, then it affects how we love our wives and how we love our kids, how we love our neighbor, how we see the world. In other words, it affects everything. When we do it and seek after him and his will, it affects the way that we live. Now, I'm not saying that you are not supposed to treat your wife with the respect and love that God gave you. But you are to do that because you have sought after the Lord with all of your heart. And the overflow of that relationship, it'll help you love better, right? It'll help you see past the faults and the, the issues and the hang-ups and the things that happen that just really get on your nerves sometimes. It'll help you look past all of those things. Why? Because if Christ can love and forgive me for much, then I sure as well can love and forgive much. Amen? If Christ can 
can give me a fresh new morning every day, then certainly I can start my day every morning loving better than I did the day before and doing better than I had in the previous day. So he has to be at the center of our lives and we have to live in this freedom. We are no longer slaves to, to sin. We are children of God. Amen? We don't need to live back there. Those are not the good old days. No matter how much we like to think that way. The best days are what? Are ahead of us, right? Because if Christ is in our lives, the better days are ahead because every day, every day is better than that day before, right? I think that hymn says sweeter, doesn't it? And that changes the whole story for us. When we are able to look at the freedom that we have and live in that freedom, we are no longer bound. We are made free in Him. Fourthly, we look at this and we understand that at, as Christ is at the center, we need to be secure and undistracted, keeping our devotion on the Lord. That means that we are devoted to Him and to Him alone. There are so many things that vie for our attention in this world, right? There are so many things that like to pull and grind at us to keep us on our own course. And it can be something quite as simple as, as, as watching sports. It can be something as simple as, 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 as doing our own things, spending time with family, doing things like that, which are not bad things in themselves. But what about when we do those things so much more so than we devote ourselves to the will of God and what He's doing? Does that set a precedent for what we do in the Lord? It does. I can remember back to grandparents and parents who said, Sunday, that's a time set aside for the Lord. We're going to be in church. If not, you better be sick or you better be dead. You, know, you remember those conversations? You're going to get up and go to church. But we live in a world now where it's okay. The time changed, right? We have excuses for why we can or can't do everything. But I guarantee you, we don't have excuses for the things we want to do. Amen? Oh, we can do what we want to do. And just like that, we can position ourselves to remain undistracted, unwavering in the midst of this life. So our devotion to the Lord, staying devoted to Him, verse 35 says this, This I say for your own benefit, not to put a restraint upon you, but to promote what is appropriate to secure undistracted devotion to the Lord. Look, this book, the Bible, is not just full of, uh, of things are, that are meant to hold you down and put restrictions on your life. This is to set you free. This is to give you hope. This is to tell you, okay, this is what the Father expects in order that you might live a life of abundance. And that means, spiritually speaking, every day is good because God is in it, right? Every day is directed by God because every day we seek Him and His kingdom first. Every day we want Christ at the center because we're devoted to Him. And as we understand that our security does not reside in things of this world, we understand that our security, our identity is in the Lord, so we remain devoted to Him.
we remain unwavering. But it also gives us the idea that we ought to act right. Men, I'm talking to you this morning. We've got to act right because we set the example, don't we? We set the tone in our homes. If dad is involved in church, then guess what? It sets the tone for the whole family. If dad is devoted to Christ in our lives and he is the utmost for us, then how are we going to treat everyone in our household? It's going to affect that. So acting, right, verse 36 says, But if any man thinks that he is acting unbecoming toward his virgin daughter, if he is past her youth, and it must be so, let him do what he wishes, but does not sin, let her marry. But it, but it continues on with this. Verse 37, But he who stands firm in his heart, being under no constraint, but has authority over his own will, and has decided in his own heart to keep his own virgin daughter, he will do well. What example do we set? for those around us men if you have daughters in your home how do you love their mom in such a way where they're looking for a husband like you one day how are you leaving an impact on their hearts and telling them this is the kind of person and this is how they ought to treat someone the same thing goes if you have sons in the in the house Men, how are you leading your sons to lead in such a way that honors God in their actions? Teenage boys, most of us men who are grown up know the mind of a teenage boy. They need all the help we can give them, can't they? The same thing goes in how we ought to lead in that way. We've got to stand firm. We've got to give the right examples in our lives. Verse 39, it talks about this as Christ at the center. It says, a wife is bound as long as her husband lives, but if her husband is dead, she is free to marry whom she wishes only in the Lord. But in my opinion, she is happier if she remains as she is, and I think that I also have the Spirit of God. See, the final word on marriage is understanding that God is directing our lives the spirit of god is what we immerse ourselves in every single day so christ at the center of our lives is the filter by which all things pass through so what happens if you've ever noticed what happens if there's not a filter on something let's go for instance let's say you have craig water and you don't put a filter to the water does it make the water clean? If you put a filter on the water, does it make it clean? Some of y'all said that both those are no. But, uh, uh, but essentially, the water is cleaner when the filter's on it. Amen? Some of y'all are saying, I drank out the water hose yesterday. But y'all know who you are. But, uh, but there's a filter there for a reason you put a filter on it so that all the stuff doesn't get through it's not a free-for-all as it is without a filter but we understand with christ at the center it has to all come through him and it changes everything doesn't it see christ has taken the dirtiest of souls and made clean Christ has taken the hardest of hearts and changed them. Christ has taken our view on others around us and given us an, 
a way to live that is beyond our own understanding. How we ought to conduct ourselves in marriage. How do we ought to conduct ourselves concerning our kids and the example and the treatment of those kids. How we ought to live and the value that each person has, but being directed by the Holy Spirit in our lives. With Christ, when it comes through Him as the filter, it changes all things. Secondly, in living in Christ, freedom impacts all lives. Whether you are married, whether you are single, or whether you are simply seeking in your life. You are devoted to godly living, which leaves no time for Satan's schemes. When Christ is filling you up every day, when Christ is at the center of who you are, there's no room for anything else, right? There's no room for it. When Christ is filling your life every day, when you are praying hard, when you're allowing Scripture to permeate in your soul, in your heart, in your mind, and everything that is coming in is of God, then everything that comes out is of God. Amen? Everything that goes in fills our life with all that we need. We don't need to look anywhere else when Christ is at the center of our lives, do we? There's so many in this world that want to have Christ and, or want to have go to church and, or wanting to do this and. Christ is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all in your life which one is he see because christ the same christ who's here on sundays is the same christ that lives within you every single day every single hour of the week so he gives us enough to live devoted to him every day to fight satan and his schemes spiritual warfare is a real thing if you don't believe it then be a believer in God without compromise and watch what happens. When you try to do the very best for Christ that lives within you, when you live according to the Scriptures, you will have a target of sorts on you. So we have to know and do the will of God. It's one thing to know God and His Word. It's another thing to live by it. Amen? There's... You say you could say this every Sunday if you wanted to. Preacher, I loved your sermon. But what warms my heart the most is when I see it at work in your mind and your heart and your lives. It's not enough just to know the Word of God. How do you use it in this world? How do you live according to the Word of God? In other words, how does He impact you for every other hour but the one that you're at church on Sundays? That's where it matters. That's where the rubber hits the road. That's where everything means something. So you must live according to his word. See, the reality is that the Holy Spirit can guide and govern your hearts and minds if you seek him and his righteousness first. So what are you after in this life? If Christ is not at the center of your life and you don't know him as Lord and Savior, today is that day. Now is that time. Do not allow for yourself to offer an excuse where you might walk from this place the way you walked in. I'm telling you, Christ desires for you to know him, to be free in him, and to walk in a manner worthy of his gospel because it changes everything.
If you don't know Jesus this morning, then I invite you to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by calling on His name and by crying out to Him. There's nothing we can do to get ourselves prepared enough that Christ has not already done. See, it's not because of what we've done, it's because of who He is. It says that Christ so loved us that He sent Jesus to die for us that while we were still sinners, He paid that price for us. He only calls for us to come. Come as we are. Come unto Him. And He will, He will save us. We don't save ourselves. He saves us because He paid a price that we could not pay. Because He died in our place and did not stay there. So too, one day, when we pass from this world, we'll be with Him. And what an amazing thing it is to know Him and to be known by Him. So this morning, if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to invite you to come to that knowledge of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're here this morning, and maybe you live a life where you say, you know what, I know Jesus is Lord and Savior, but my, my life itself doesn't, doesn't you know, resemble that. He doesn't resonate in and throughout my life. In other words, he, He's the God of Sundays, but the, not the God of every day. Or maybe I don't give him the devotion I ought to give him. Or I don't follow his word. Maybe I know what I ought to do, yet I don't do it. And I think that can kind of resonate with us at some point at different parts of our lives because we all fall short of the glory of God. But maybe there's some things in your life which have become barriers between you and your spouse, between you and your kids, between you and others. And maybe that's just something you need to come to the altar and call out to God about because we know that God can forgive all things he can set your heart and mind on a road to healing that changes the very outcome of your lives maybe it's time that you stop striving stop ceasing and just know that he is God and he is more than capable and he loves you and wants the best for you but you've got to be willing to change Maybe you're here this morning, you'd love to be a part of friendship, and we would love to have you as part of our family here. Because that's really what it is, right? We're family. When one hurts, the other hurts. When one goes through good times, we all rejoice. Amen? Stand with me as I pray this morning. Father God, we come at this time. God, we thank you that, that we can come to you, that we have not exhausted every opportunity unless we have come to you father god there's so many that seek everything all over the world to try to fill this god-sized hole in them but father you are the only means of salvation you have provided a way where the world has not sought after for such a long time but this morning we say god you gave us jesus who died for us when he didn't have to because of your great love for us if we but come before you and acknowledge our sin, confessing all that we've done, believing that you died for us so that we might be saved through you, then we will be saved. Heavenly Father, you will save our hearts and souls. Father God, we understand that that might not mean a road of ease without sorrow, but it might make us understand that on the hardest of days, you are there. On the best of days, God, you're still there. Father, govern our mind and heart so that we treat others 
in such a manner worthy of you. Heavenly Father, help us to love others, to extend grace and mercy to others, to trust others, and to live in such a manner that draws others to you. Father God, you've done so much in our own lives, God. God, I pray that we live devoted to you every day, no matter where we are and no matter what we're doing. Father God, I ask your forgiveness in our lives where we've fallen terribly, terribly short of that measure. God, help us in this time right, here and now, to get right with you, God, to come to you, to allow for you to change our hearts and minds, to draw us near to you. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.